Welcome to a new episode of the Ad Astra podcast. Today we have with us Gunter Hostemann, who is a professor at, of the history of science at the Technical University of Berlin. And as a researcher, he has worked a lot with instruments, the history of instruments, the association of instruments with astrology and their use in astrology, as well as many of the technical details of the astrological practice, calculation, um, the charts itself and the, all the whole printing uh, structure of the charts, as well as many other uh, topics. Um, he has recently published a book on the astronomical uh, clock of Strasbourg Cathedral, uh, published by Brill. I'll put a link uh, under, to, description. To, under description toward, to that book. Um, so, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, and um, please let us know a little bit about your research uh, on the history of astrology. Thank you very much for the kind invitation. The book that you have mentioned uh, on, the, on, the, on the clock of Strasbourg Cathedral was my PhD thesis published in the early 90s of the last century. I have, uh, it has been revised thoroughly and published in English translation by Brill recently. And this book was the very beginning of my astrological studies because uh, I had found a hitherto unknown source describing the outlay and program of this clock, which was completed in 1574. And this, well, this description was essentially astrological. And I had to deal with the contents of this manuscript. I knew absolutely nothing of astrology at this, at this time. I had studied history of science and art history and had only a very, well, dim impression of astrology at all. But I was, well, I was forced to... Uh, well, to, to engage with astrological topics at this at this point, and I found it very interesting and fascinating. And because well, because this text was the, was a sort of well clue to the entire program and the iconography of this clock, mm -hmm. provided or provided a key, a general key to the entire program and. And at, at the time of my research, I also discovered that the that the uh, const that the constructor, Konradasipodius, a Swiss mathematician living in Strasbourg, was in contact with Heinrich Ranzau. I, I only noticed this well during my researches and did not much about it, did not pursue this further. But after completing the book, I started researching. Heinrich Ransout and his attitude towards astrology. So this was my, well, my way to astrological topics. Your first contact. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it is interesting that now, after all these years, the, the, the book is published in English. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, well, uh, I always well, I had I had the impression that it is very very difficult. Uh, uh, well, the, the reception of a German book can be very difficult abroad, mm-hmm. and because well, it is ob- obviously an obstacle. Quite to the contrary, in Germany, uh, everybody is well expected to read English literature in Germany. There's no discussion about it, but we have a discussion in England and I think, and of course in France, it is even more pronounced. Uh, mm-hmm. While studying and uh, when I, when I uh, talked to a French colleague in Strasbourg on my, on the prospect of publishing an English translation, she, and while originally it was planned to publish it, it uh, in Germany, mm-hmm. she told me, well, this would be absolutely impossible in, in France. Oh. <laughs> Publishing an English translation of a French book in France in a, by a French editor <laughs> would be almost impossible. <laughs> yes. Well, here we have a similar problem because um, if you write in Portuguese, of course, you have a Portuguese audience. You might have the Brazilian uh, academia as mm-hmm. well because they also speak Portuguese. Um, but not much more, and uh, we we ourselves uh, chose to to to, to, do write, our, in to write in English mainly. That doesn't mean yeah. this is this is well because of these problems. I I well I had the idea of preparing an English translation. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, in these last twenty years, there had, well there was several editions had to be made, and the entire manuscript had to be reworked, but. Uh, I thought it a good idea to publish it in English, and well, and coming to Portuguese, the history of cartography is hampered by the fact that that are very important contributions by Portuguese researchers, which are entirely unknown because well of the language problem. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. it is a problem, and it is something that's difficult still today to. To, to address, uh, even for us, uh, German is not a language that we speak. So for us, reading a book in German, and there are so many good uh, yeah. works on the yeah. history yeah. of German, which we can simply not <laughs> we cannot read directly, yeah. or we have to ask a colleague that speaks uh, German so to help us with that. Yeah. Mm. It's frustrating because we see that there are very good books and they are deep, interesting, very good scholars. Yeah. And we just cannot read yeah. them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so thank you for the translation. <laughs> yes, yeah, that, that helps will, a lot. It will help a lot. Yes. And I hope it's going to be a success. Um, so picking on, on, on what we're discussing, um, um, it, uh, it always has amazed me uh, the, the, the amount of astrological content in these uh, clocks and these instruments. And one of the facts that I've seen still, at least in conversation, discussions on if astrology was or not really important for these kinds of instruments, either these cathedral, large monumental clocks or other instruments. And for me, at least, from my point of view, it's quite obvious that most of the function of these uh, instruments was astrological calculation or at least some time of astrological timekeeping, Um, not only a calendrical device, but also something that is measuring the position of the planets, the position of the ascendant, the phases of the moon. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. 
So, uh, yeah. Um, but still, uh, uh, still people who are not studying the history of astrology, sometimes they feel reluctant to accept that uh, most of these instruments had a very strong uh, astrological application. Mm -hmm. So, uh, as historians, we always have to explain again. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, there is still some need to explain these things, especially, but especially, uh, especially to, well, to physicists and astronomers, especially. They have, well, marked marked reluctance while well, even dealing with these topics still yeah. there's so, still yeah. a third to our there is no reluctance <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sort of reserve yeah you have yeah. some kind of um anaphylactic reaction like no, <laughs> no not this <laughs> and not astrology yes and it's it's uh, i think it's quite evident from from the historical record that not only astronomy what we do call astronomy and astrology were entangled into one corpus of, of knowledge yeah. uh, but also many of the calculations many of the developments in astronomical observation and astronomical calculation were not all of them but mainly for an astrological purpose um, because yeah. we would want to know the position of mars or venus uh, in tables in 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 an almanac except for uh, an astrological purpose because the the sun and the moon may serve as a calendrical recording and timekeeping but the other planets are not don't have that function at least not in our in our yeah, cultural are. universe so they are uh, obviously for some kind of use in interpretation being weather medical or more more astrological divinatory uh yeah function yeah. Yeah. so uh, and um, after this publication what are you currently uh, working on do you are you do you have any current projects any well, I have I'm still I'm still I'm still uh, working on my pr uh, project on uh, on history um, on horoscope collections of the early modern period <clears throat> mm -hmm. this has been well due to the lack of funding this has been interrupted for a time but I'm but I, uh, but I have resumed working on it, and but uh, my main activity is, is at the moment the edition of a manuscript by David Fabricius, a correspondent of Johannes Kepler and an ardent, well, astronomer, astrologer mm -hmm. of the early 17th century. Yes. Uh, so he, he, it is uh, someone who worked, um, or at least uh, communicated uh, closely with Kepler. Can you tell yes. us? Yes. Well, Fabricius, uh, David Fabricius, is quite is well known in the history of astronomy because, well, he was a chorus, he, he corresponded with Kepler. <clears throat> These the uh, drafts of his letters are extant. They have been published in the edition of Kepler's works. This is. And uh, the the contacts between him and Kepler are also well researched. For example, James Ferkel has written a PhD thesis on the correspondence of Fabrizio with Kepler, because the main bulk of letters uh, was exchanged in the period when Kepler was preparing the Astronomia Nova. That is, when he 
developed his new planetary theory of elliptical orbits. This has, of course, attracted uh, has, of course, attracted astronomers and, and historians of astronomy alike. But this is not all, because they also exchanged astrological things in these letters, and we are we that is. Menzo Volkerts, a colleague of mine, and Cornelia Lüdicke, and uh, the, the director of the of uh, the library in Aurich. We are currently preparing the only surviving manuscript written by Fabricius to be printed and transcribed and be print, to be printed. This was a, this is a diary an astro-meteorological diary mm. comprising well, roughly the time span 1584 to six to 16 mm. I think I have, I have to look it up sorry I, I, I think 1617 1617 okay. mm. it's for a quite long period he, yeah. he kept a, he kept a record of well not only of astronomical and astrological events, but also of general historical incidents mm. and so on. And this, this is the only surviving record of Fabricius. The letters, the letters to Kepler have been at least uh, preserved in drafts, mm -hmm. later drafts. Of, mm -hmm. uh, and, but of course, they are they only halfway because the, there's only the, half of the correspondence available. That is, some intermediate letters are missing. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. uh, yes, um, uh, that would be uh, the, the, the letters uh, from Kepler that I know better are the ones that he wrote to his master, Michael Maslin. Yeah. And it had a lot of um, um, astrological contents and personal content also because they both yeah. had a child at more or less at the same time and they calculated the horoscopes of their sons. And yeah. then the child, they, they did not survive. It happened a lot in the... The, 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 content, the contents of the correspondence with Fabricius are, are the same. Because oh. they, they, they exchange personal data and horoscopes. Mm. And uh, also, the, well, Fabricius sent, uh, his, sent the birth data of his son to Kepler, mm -hmm. and asked for an interpretation, delineation. And uh, Kepler responded and uh, responded to this, and they exchanged this, these informations. Doran Giesler Greenbaum has uh, has written something about it in the in Culture and Cosmos. Yes. 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 yes these details. Yeah. So this is quite fascinating because then we're seeing um, not only the practice of astrology, but also. Yeah. The personal life, the practitioner, yeah, the, the practitioner, practitioner, and how the yeah. practitioner deals yeah. with in their current life. Because sometimes we do, there is this idea that they would do that for their their patrons, but they, they would, would some, somehow despise astrology or put astrology in the side yeah. as a different level of, of thing of practice. But in fact, we're seeing that. We, this testimonies show us they applying it regularly, normally in, to in their, their own, own lives and their own. Yes, yeah. in in the manuscript that I have studied for my PhD, and you know, you know the manuscript. Yeah, yeah. With all these uh, horoscopes, um, the author, this man Simon Belle, uh, relatively unknown author, he uh, calculates the 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 length of life 
of three horoscopes that are his children. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is very interesting because it's the ones that he studies more. And because the length of life is so short and that they died, they are three little boys and two of them died very, very young. One of them survived and um, he cannot accept. And we can see that he calculates and he recalculates. So we can see not only the astrologer at work, but the father, the, the, the person that is... Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the human part of astrology. Mm-hmm. It yeah, is- indeed, yeah. Yeah, these are, um, yeah, these are very, this is very uh, personalized information. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, these letters were clearly not to be intended for print, for printing. Yeah. These were really private letters. They were never intended for printing or something. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So when when will the book be ready? I know this is a difficult question. Well, uh, we are working for quite a long time now. We have we have well we have almost finished the transcription mm-hmm. of the entire diary, and we have also completed our essays on different topics. Manzo Falkers has written on the well on the history on the history of the manuscript itself, and the general has provided a general description. Cornelia Jülike has worked on meteorology, mm-hmm. and I've I've written on Fabrizio as an astronomer and astrologer, and his horoscopes, which can be found in the manuscripts as well. Mm-hmm. And well, we we have to I have to uh, complete the astronomical astrological entries in the manuscripts mm-hmm. and in the, in the transcription, and. Well, Dr. Vessels, the director of the library, is quite optimistic, raising funds for a really uh, for, for opulent pub- publication that is printing a facsimile of the original, mm. a transcription, and uh, and a commentary. That would be lovely. That would be ideal. Yes. I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is well. I hope, it we hope that this well, that this book will materialize in the not too distant f- future, mm-hmm. and is perhaps next year. Okay, oh, great. that will be good. Great. So, twenty-one, two thousand and yeah. yeah. Well, yes, we if can wait. <laughs> well, we can wait and then announce it here announce uh, on it. the on the future yeah. episode of the podcast. Yeah. That would be wonderful. Um, the basic the basic problem. Sorry, sorry for interrupting you. Basic, there was a major problem because of the handwriting of Fabricius. He mm-hmm. has written, and well, he has mixed up Latin, low German dialect, and, mm-hmm. uh, and uses a multitude of strange abbreviations. Well, this was, of course, well, and, and the entire manuscript has been written rather hastily. Mm-hmm. And it is extremely difficult deciphering the text in, in some parts. Extremely difficult. Yeah. Does he? What, well, to, or to understand what is what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because of this heavy abbreviation, it's all—it's only—it's it's only an array of some astrological symbols and planetary symbols, and it's his own personal yeah. version of abbreviation. He was writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the, my question is: Does he use any kind of code? And I, I ask this because the manuscript I have studied has like a. Of an numeric code, or is it just uh, shorthand that is? No, I don't think so. This there's no code involved. This is simply abbreviated and mm. written very hastily. Ah. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Just related still before we, we move to another topic. Um, you mentioned the collection of horoscopes, one of your projects. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, can we count at some point with the publication of these horoscopes? Well, I think this, I will, it needs some time because, well, the, the project has been interrupted, well, unexpectedly and it was in the well I, I was working on it and uh, what well, I've now to, 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 I was forced to well to uh, to raise funds for other projects and so on to survive and I've, I've simply I have no idea I think it will I think it would take some years I think years. can you tell us how many horoscopes have you assembled more or less oh well <laughs> Oh well, <laughs> this is a multitude. Mm. Um, I have well, I have I have located hundreds of horoscopes, really mm. hundreds. I think, or well, I've made a selection, of course, because you know, I realized quite early that it would be impossible to recalculate and interpret. Well, let's take an example. It would take years to work through Juntini's Spectrum Astrology. Yes. From page one to nine hundred and whatever, yes. there, huh? and therefore I decided to make a selection. That is, I have uh, I I looked through the, all these horoscopes systematically, and looked for well parallel for parallels for people mm -hmm. treated very often, and mm -hmm. of course, as you know, emperors, popes, and so on are frequently mentioned but i decided to work on a selection of astronomers of the early modern period mm -hmm. and a specialized selection of well generally learned people professors and so on mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, for example nicolas copernicus there's a array of horoscopes for nicolas copernicus in these collections mm. of, well some have been copied some have have been erected anew or rectified or whatever there's or let, or let's take erasmus reinhold mm -hmm. another example so i've made a selection of well some 20 yeah. some 20 names which i which i will trace through all these collections mm -hmm. As, as well as examples or horoscopes of an exemplary character, so so to call. Yes. And I will try to recalculate the entire material, and of course also interpret the comments, which are also very interesting. Yes, well. that's a, an area which we we both think it's quite important, which is examples. not examples because. Yeah. We we have been working mostly, of course, there are exceptions for this, but mostly we have been working with studying the books, the doctrine. great, the great treatises, the presentation of the doctrine itself. Yeah. But there is a difference, I think, very clear between the doctrine and the theoretical presentation of the doctrine, and then the practical application of the yeah. doctrine. Yeah. And I think within the practice, we can really um, understand, understand how, how they yeah. were how they were yeah. doing. How they were applying the, exactly. the doctrine. Certain methodologies and techniques which are not clear in a theoretical yeah. exposition yeah. might be quite evident in 
a series of examples as the ones you are working on. I think that is, uh, I think, one of the future lines of research uh, in the history of astrology. So, so the, to have this practical day-to-day -day material used by the astrologer to, to illustrate the practice and to really understand um, the, the small actually, meat details. What yeah. they actually yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, but as you know, this is a very time-consuming, difficult task. It is. It is. <laughs> yes. and just let me ask you, are you working just with printed material or do you have also manuscript material? In oh, there's, there's, it's, it's both manuscript and printed material. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, highly interesting uh, manuscript collections. I've, I've, spent, I've spent some time in Oxford and to mm -hmm. study the Ashmole papers. And I've also, re I've also researched some collections in the, in the British Library. This is very, very highly, highly interesting material mm -hmm. because, well, it is, well, these are handwritten notes and also calculations and whatever, and also some unfinished or, well, unfinished descriptions or whatever, or calculations and so on. Mm -hmm. This is very interesting material indeed. Yes. yes Do you, did you find, I know this is kind of a difficult question, but uh, in your uh, research, did you find like new ideas, people doing things differently, or were they uh, working by the book, so to say? Uh, when you recalculate, do you see them uh, innovating or just applying the practice? Just applying, yes. There are there are interesting details. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, well, this is this is not a discovery. Uh, by myself, but already John North has uh, has looked up a very strange horoscope. I think it was by William Brownker, mm. first president of the Royal Society. And Brownker uh, deviated from the traditional 12-house system mm -hmm. for an unknown reason. I've, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still studying this very strange horoscope he has made. I think mm -hmm. he had can't remember exactly 16 houses i think it was 16 houses I, I, oh, I recall something something of the sort yes yes that could be very strange i found no motivation for this but it, it's 16 houses is what they use in geomancy yeah I'm, perhaps yeah yeah perhaps there's some connection i don't know yeah, that's, yeah that is very interesting with with the horoscope collections one of the topics i'm currently interested in is the application exactly of the house systems because um we do have some some theoretical discussion on how how to calculate the houses and the proper mm -hmm. way, and they all present a, a reason or another to choose a specific topic. At this, this time of where we are at now discussing, uh, so uh, 16th, 17th century, made the majority would be uh, Reggio Montano's method, uh, the rational method. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It would be interesting to see exactly how many horoscopes or uh, make a certain sort of census of what house systems are they using. And this is part of the technical analysis of this material, which is how are they calculating it? Are they still using older systems? Are they yeah, yeah. are they coming up with those strange variations which we have no idea where they're coming from? But this is a very interesting Because the, the, the ones we found uh, in Portugal, uh, manuscripts from 16th century, 
they use they still use the, the older system alkavitu the so-called alkavitu yeah 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 system yeah. and even in the late 16th century we have at least in, well we don't have many examples of horoscopes in portugal because there hasn't been a census towards it which we find it occasionally they're not very common in manuscripts unfortunately but uh, we do have king a late sebastian. one of king sebastian for example uh, which is calculated in one of the pages of, 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 of a draft of his chronicle which is quite interesting so have, made by yeah. the court astronomer slash astronomer slash cosmographer and he does calculate the chart and this is already early late late, late, uh, late 16, 16 17. early 17 and he's calculating by uh Alcabitius system still the so-called standard or Alcabitius system uh, which is interesting indeed yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah by the time it's Reza Montano's uh, the rational method that they use mostly well it could be the tables he had or the instruments he had uh, something or maybe he just didn't like the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the uh, the proliferation of regular Montanus is due to the av availability of printed tables. Yes. I think this is a very this is a major factor for the spread of regular Montanus. And so I, but I have also found well, it is well, occasionally. At mm -hmm. least I have found also Campanus houses, yeah. okay. and there is a there's also a printed table by Orantius Phineus, which mm -hmm. is unfortunately it has some faults in calculation. It, 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 the table is isn't, is not correct in some way. I'm well. I it will be interesting to see by comparison of uh, well, if Campanus has also been used. I think there is a. Uh, I think quite well, not as frequent as Regio Montana. I think also Campanus, Campanus is used in the 16th and 17th century. Mm -hmm. yes. also be, it could also be related to certain regions where the tables were more popular, certain tables and not. Perhaps, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know that there are scholars who um, speak of a sort of um, political um nationalist if we can say like that view on certain the use of certain tables mm -hmm. uh, could be could, also. Could, could also explain yeah. why they appear later in certain areas and not others um but that but that i think it's something still to be properly addressed and looked yeah. after systematically so that we really have a, a clear idea of the, of the, the amount of, of each application. The, the other thing that could also be revealing, and we are more in, interesting, interested in this, is the terms, the use of terms and the use of tables and the, the, the use of different terms. And, and uh, we can see how the documents were, if they were um, related to other documents because of the use of the same tables. So, uh, well, I think it's a lot to be done. Yes. And oh, yes, it is. <laughs> The, the use of examples more than more than the, the doctrine the use of examples will show us in practice what they were actually doing and we can try to understand why they were doing this instead of that yeah. why they were using this system instead of the other so the, this is this is still something that i'm pretty sure we will not come to an end in our lifetime <laughs> 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 at least you live happy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so we hope that soon you'll be able to engage again uh, with yeah, us. Yeah.
with this research of yours, well, which which you have been doing for quite some time. Because I recall um, by 2004 there was a, um, a conference, a conference in yeah. Amsterdam. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I recall that uh, you presented. Uh, you already. Was there. You already. Um, presented on collections and horoscopes and, and you're already in, uh, entering in that. In you, that. Have, you have been to Amsterdam, haven't you? Been. Yes. And I can't remember, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> long, long time ago. <laughs> a lot of people, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it is like a lifetime project. It's, it's not really ever finished. It's something that we do. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm looking forward for some results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will be sending you emails like. Other <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, we thought about talking a little bit about the Calendarium Astronomico of Fabricius. Uh, do you want to, to elaborate more? To elaborate a bit more mm. on that. Uh, on the work and what it is and the importance that you think, what's the contribution of the study of this? Um... Well, first, well, it is, well, it is a sort of, well, restricted view on Fabricius, I must confess, because, well, this manuscript has survived rather haphazardly. It's, it is the only manuscript which mm. has been preserved, and there's nothing. Nothing is left from the from the Fabricius's library, which must have been quite ex extensive and important. And uh, but at least we can get a glimpse of his daily activities in this manuscript, mm. and combining the contents of this source with his letters exchanged with Kepler, I think we will be able to get a more complete picture mm -hmm. of his activities and also of his background and, well, yeah, at, attitude, general attitudes and so on. Mm -hmm. yeah. What is clear to, up to now is that Fabricius was much more traditionally oriented, oriented in astrological matters than Kepler was. He was while well, he he discussed uh, he was some while well, he was somewhat astonished that Kepler rejected houses and all these things, but we have found recently, which is quite in, which is quite interesting, that he used the Kepler's minor aspects. Mm. This was obviously somewhat attractive. We have we have found. Uh, we have found uh, well. He, we have found, uh, oh, no. um, he mentioned minor aspects as well in the calendarium mm. and in his, in his yearly prognostications, in his printed prognosti okay. yearly prognostication. And uh, he even, and this was also very interesting, he, he tried even adding New new aspects to this, which were also used later by Kepler in the Harmonici Mundi. I well, this is, we are still at the beginning here, but uh, he obviously exchanged information and ideas with Kepler on these minor aspects, and well, he adopted this idea. But in concerning well, 
directions the house the house divisions and well and general interpretation of horoscopes he was one more a traditional line mm-hmm. and well, of course Kepler also discussed it in a traditional way with him yes there is no well there's no reformation of astrology mm-hmm. only well here and then you know, there are some signs of impatience on this, on the side of Kepler because <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was so eagerly trying to work out even minute details astrologically Mm-hmm. was quite fascinating to fascinate to read even one of the most well trifles of daily life were were well uh, examined closely by Fabricius. that's interesting because uh, we always are sometimes Kepler is presented as a sort of reformer bringing up new ideas into astrology as he did into into astronomy but it is interesting to know and i've seen that from the words that have already been published that there is a distinction between his theoretical ideas and then the ideas that he's putting forth on astrology and the practice because exactly exactly the there's still Kepler, Kepler is, is very traditional in, yeah. in, in astrological practice and uh, there's uh, there's indeed there's a difference between his theoretical aspirations and daily work and well and of course you can well, yeah it's, it is of course a matter of debate whether or how Kepler's reformed ideas could be yeah could be made work yeah yeah, yeah I think a lot of these ideas are on their part theoretical yeah. and they, they, they yeah. Yeah. theory experimental. and experimental, experimental. yes yeah. uh, and sometimes they were not applied I I've, I've, I've came up about a comment on Kepler's new um, aspects on I was uh, as you know I'm studying the Jesuits and the way that the Jesuits mm-hmm. interact with astrology and it was Riccioli that in his uh, Majestum Novum does make a small note on the use of these other aspects and he points out to Kepler and uh, the group of individuals surrounding Kepler. I'm, I'm not sure if he mentions Fabricius. Can see. I can check that out later. Yes, I please know. do this. This will be most interesting. Please do this. But I do have that, that little bit aside. Yeah. But he does mention uh, Maestlin and, and the group of, surrounding, of astronomers surrounding Kepler and as practitioners or as using these yeah. minor aspects. So minor or new aspects. Mm. As so uh, I'll let you know if I if I if I yeah this would be very fascinating yeah because that would be interesting to add to the research yes because yes. he's, he's making already he's already uh, making an evaluation uh, of all these practices uh, astronomically mm-hmm. speaking and, and astrologically as well yeah so well these minor aspects were attractive for astrometeorology obviously mm-hmm. and uh, and I think Fabricius and, and Fabricius used these in connection with astrometeorological considerations. Mm-hmm. And you perhaps know the brilliant dissertation by Mary Ellen Bowden on the scientific uh, on the scientific revolution in astrology, mm-hmm. PhD thesis of the 70s. A very good, very interesting piece of research. And she he, he traced she traced the reception of Kepler in uh, England. And uh, 
Well, and the people involved, the people uh, were involved with the astrometeor me astrometeorological questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, Kepler proved to be most attractive for these, for this branch of, 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 of astrology. Mm -hmm. Not only in England, it, also in Portugal, we have um, a priest. I think he was a Jesuit, Padre Antonio Vieira, uh, yes. and um, this um, this priest. Uh, Padre Antonio Vieri is his name, mm -hmm. and he um, he was um, uh, talking about a comet, I think. Yes, and he's picking up on Kepler's yeah, comments on Kepler the comet. commented on the comet, and, and he the as well. And he says that Kepler, although he was um, he was a very good astronomer and astrologer, although he was an heretic, and this is a funny <laughs> thing, although an heretic, he was a very good astronomer, mm -hmm. but he was wrong in the sense that the comet was not related to Germany, but to Portugal. And then he goes yeah. on and on and, and on. And he makes an adaptation <laughs> of the interpretation to the Portuguese to reality, which is quite interesting. Yeah, but, but it goes to, to what, what Kepler says, and he, he like, uh, second guess is Kepler. <laughs> it is interesting. I can, I can give you a, like a rough yeah, translation. So, yeah, this would be most interesting indeed, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, then he goes to he goes and changes this into the Portuguese political yeah. reality. Yeah, that's his point. Yes. But uh, the, the, my point is that uh, he, even if he is second guessing Kepler to his own interests, he, he says he's a very good astronomer. He's a very good astrologer. Yeah. I it's haven't a, seen here in Portugal in Portuguese material the appearance of the of the the, the, the secondary the new aspects, but. There's certainly a, a reception on Kepler and their reading, and so I haven't seen it practice, but uh, at least they know it exists and they do mm. have a notion uh, of these innovations. And although he was like a, a revolutionary, they respect him. They can even not agree, but they they he has mm. respect from. They people. recognize yes. the knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. It is an interesting part. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This this minor aspect uh, thing. It's very interesting. The reception of these ideas, quite interesting. Because in England, um, I also there's also William Lilly, which is a case uh, which has been studied a lot, and he also uses the minor aspects when applying it to directions, which is interesting. He doesn't use them in current chart mm -hmm. interpretation, but he will use them when they, he needs to establish several geometric uh, relationship between the planets by primary directions so then yeah. Yeah. and it is quite and i reminded i was reminded of this because um it's the same thing with with the uh, astrometriology the more relations you have of the moon and the planets within within the, each other the, the more, more perhaps see. the more predictions yeah. you can make and more subtlety they can apply to to the predictions of weather i, I suppose yeah. that's their primary uh, also in medical, in medical astrology, because in medical astrology, when they, they analyze the, the position of the moon in relation to the moment when mm. the person fell ill, mm -hmm. they would go for... There's uh, a 45 degree aspect and yeah. 134, yes, so, so, there's already yeah. present, it's, they don't call it an aspect, but the idea is already there, so I think that would create a res an almost immediate reception to that concept, I don't know. It's not, not one of my, uh, the topics that I'm most knowledgeable. Yeah, in any case, I will send you a rough translation of... Yeah, what's very, very nice. Thank you very much.
<laughs> and we'll see how it how it goes. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay, so um, do you have anything else you would like to, to add to? <laughs> it's always a difficult question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, perhaps you you may well for the people reading German German a bit. You may refer to the to our small publication, which has been printed by the library in Aurich, which can be downloaded on the on the net. Okay. Oh, can you please? I, I, will send, I will send a link to you. Okay. Yes, and then we put it in the description. Yes. Yeah, this would be, I think this would be fine. At least uh, there are some pictures in it and of, uh, at least, well, it is of course a German publication, but it may be of some interest. Yes. Oh, it is, I'm sure. Yes, I, I, will, I, will send the, I will send the link to you afterwards. Thank you. Okay, and thank then you. we will share it in the description. Yes. So yeah, yeah. So people can access. So. Uh, Thank you very much for, oh, for this I time. have to thank you. It was very nice. <laughs> it was very nice for us too. Yes, and, yeah. and we look forward for the publications. Yes, and perhaps we can arrange uh, another uh, opportunity to discuss some other topics. I think it would be Yeah, fun. very good. Yeah, of course, of course we can. Yeah. And of course I will I will show you a nice thing. I I I've been to Kiel yesterday and Perhaps you will remember that I gave uh, the evening lecture in Amsterdam on Johann Wilhelm Andreas Pfaff mm. and, uh, well, and his conversion to astrology in the early 19th century, which was, of course, a nightmare to his college, colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been, well, I've always looked for his small astrological textbook, which is very, very rare. And mm -hmm. last Saturday I found a copy. And here it is. I managed to, wow. to buy it in Kiel. Great. So that's like yeah. we can do. We can we can organize a podcast. It is the or it is the original. Yeah, we, uh, it is the original of 1816. And even which is and what is even more interesting is perhaps it is well, it is also very interesting is the provenance because it has a blind stamp. Mm. Ah. Which, yeah. is, which yeah. uh, I, I think it's hardly legible. It belongs to the library of Wilhelm Wolf, hmm. which was a quite famous astrologer in the 20s and 30s in Germany. Oh, okay. Wolf was a somewhat, well, how should I put it, somewhat ambiguous person as an astrologer. He was hmm. originally an, an artist. Mm. Oh, and, uh, and he became interested in astrology in the heyday of in the heyday of the twenties in Germany, mm -hmm. and um, well, he acted as an astrological counselor to some important people of the Nazi regime, regime oh. including Heinrich Himmler. So oh, he wrote a quite interesting autobiography in the sixties. He well, survived all the. It has to be read with some caution, but it is nevertheless a very fascinating. Mm -hmm. Source of well of well of the movements of the, of the of movements and also well of the entanglements of astrologers in the Third Reich. Yes, and this yeah. belonged obviously to, to his library. No, that's quite fascinating. fascinating. That is <laughs> I, I, well. To be honest, I expected a fierce battle at auction. I, well, I I uh, 
they followed the auction online and they expected a fierce battle, but there was definitely no, no nobody interest. interested in this book. Oh, good, better. Good, got it. Uh, got it to the well, to the to the uh, what's called the Aufruf Prize, the, the, the Hammer Prize, the original prize, the selling the original prize in, in the auction catalog. There was no no bidding. Great. <laughs> great, for, great for you because Brilliant. you don't have to spend a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, that's what right. we do, what we can do, and I think this would be uh, appropriate for the book and for its relevance, is to uh, schedule a podcast yeah. just to talk yes. about it. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And the astrologer who yeah. had it and all these things. And what is what is what kind of astrology is he practicing? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, well, Faf, Faf was very much interested in traditional astrology because and, and he, well, it was his motivation to unearth traditional or to revive traditional astrology again at the beginning of the 19th century, which was, well, uh, this was, of course, entirely crosswise the general <laughs> development. When, uh, and he was, well, and he made no friends, of course, with his, with his, with his, <laughs> his ambitions. Um, and Nine years ago, I found a letter. I found a, uh, an autograph by Faf on, on the net. Um, well, by chance, it, it was a letter to Bernard von Lindenau, the uh, the editor of an astronomical journal. And mm. uh, obviously, Faf had sent a copy of his book to the editor of the journal, well, with the intention of writing a re review or whatever, and Bernard von Lindner obviously reacted while well, was somewhat irritated or even annoyed and asked for an explanation. And this expl explanatory letter I found on the net, which had been, it was known only in an abbreviated form, which had been printed in this journal, because mm -hmm. it you know, printed a sort of extract of the letter. And I found this original. Oh. Oh, this Quite incredible, <laughs> I must say. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a podcast. Well, then and we and it, well, I must, uh, I must, I must confess, I was very short of money at this time, and it's, <laughs> it's I it nearly broke, broke my neck. <laughs> Financial <laughs> respects. <laughs> I had no money left for the months. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of like we cannot live without this. We just have, I have to have this. I yeah. understand. Shall we shall we uh, schedule a podcast on yeah. for this topic because this is such a great topic? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll finish now yeah, and so, we'll yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, thank you. Thank you, thank very, you much. very much for the slide. Thank you. Thanks very much for the kind invitation. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see, see you again you soon. soon, perhaps. Yeah. Very nice. This discovery. Yeah. Thanks a lot and all the best. Thank you. Thank you. For you.